We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome to the Pack a Day Post Game. Packers lose today, twenty to seventeen over the the Cardinals. Yeah, losing since first time against the Arizona Cardinals, two and nine on the season. Lost them since nineteen forty nine. When they were the Chicago Cardinals. But this is no ordinary postgame, I promise you. Yes, I understand it's Aaron Rodgers' birthday. Happy birthday to him, 35 years old. Aaron Jones, I know it's your birthday. We get it. That was nice. But picture this. All right, before we get into the biggest news of the day, we already know what it is. But I want you to picture this. Blizzard comes into Green Bay last night. Winter weather advisories all over the place. All right. It's snowing. It's cold. Sold out Lambeau Field. Warm weather team. Rogers' birthday. This is a time to win the game. And they didn't. And it led to what me and my colleague here, Daniel Kotnick, are about to break down for the next 20 to 30 minutes right here on Pack a Day. Good evening, Daniel. Good evening. Lot to break down. Oh, boy. So this just came down. After Albert Breer, a Monday morning quarterback, was the one that broke the news. Packers fire head coach Mike McCarthy. And that is the first time the Packers have fired a coach since 2006. It is the first losing season that Mike McCarthy has had with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback since 2008. And we're going to break it all down. We're going to talk about what happened at Lambeau Field and such, but let's jump into it. So Mike McCarthy, Daniel, 125-76-2, 10-8 in the playoffs a Super Bowl ring, 
and NFC North championships all over the place, nine of them to be exact. How will Packer fans remember Mike McCarthy after today? Well, I think um, after today, it's going to take a while before you can kind of get to the point where you realize how good of a coach he actually was. And for as long as he was able to do it, um, it, it's going to take a while because, I mean, this the taste is still pretty bad in my mouth, and I'm sure it's you know bad in a lot of people's mouths. Um, I think uh, five years from now, maybe maybe when like Aaron Rodgers hangs it up too, you look back on this whole this whole span and realize just kind of how special and how good of a coach he was. Maybe maybe not the most innovative you know, when it comes to running an offense or anything like that. But if there was a, a guy that could captain the ship and just maintain order among the team, nobody really did it better than Mike McCarthy. And that kind of sounds like a slam because of what we're in right now and how bad the team has been. But he was a coach that never threw anybody under the bus. He always took, I felt, took responsibility for what was going on. Um and just was able to maintain a, a locker room with a lot of big personalities in them. And uh, I think looking back, we'll, you'll appreciate it as uh, as the years go on. Happy to happy to see the era change, but uh, looking back, we'll we'll appreciate it. Especially when there's four games left to go, and you see the Packers coming out lifeless. I, I felt like mm-hmm. the Vikings game last week. I think that was all that Mike McCarthy had left in his. Arsenal. They get on the, they make it a 14 to 7 lead over the Vikings and then after that they just implode and fall apart. The numbers were showing today during the game. The second half adjustments were no longer there and that was one thing I really respected about McCarthy is he was always so great adjusting to the second half. He always was. For some reason the last 2 years he just lost it. And I think it was also because Ted Thompson was no longer in the war room with the Packers this year, and it felt like change was coming. Now, give a lot of credit to Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekus, at least giving McCarthy a chance to revamp this team and try to see make those moves. But with Gutekus, what he has done already, he has sent HaHa Clinton Dix away. He has sent Ty Montgomery. He has traded Brent Hundley. He has just been cutting people across the board from 2015 to the 2017 draft. It had to happen. And I am a huge Mike McCarthy apologist. I have been for a very long time. I was saying to Packer fans, the Packers are not going to fire him unless they have to. And this was the final straw. You cannot lose to a warm weather team like the Arizona Cardinals with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback and a joke of an offense that was ranked dead last in the NFL. You cannot do that. It is not possible. And when that is the first time, and we're talking about quarterbacks back in the day, Lynn Dickey, Scott Hunter, Rich Campbell, Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Brent Hundley, never lost to Arizona until today. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I, I really like what you said there. It definitely felt like the game last week in Minnesota was just when they lost that, they had that was kind of the last the last hurrah after that it was dead man walking and i i think that if there was any kind of sign of life today i i think even with a 
the loss obviously is what what brought it about. But yeah, I mean the even if they win today, the effort that they came out with in this game was just so terrible. I, I mean, I've it's it's really hard. I, I don't like to, um, you know, question professionals like this and their uh their drive or their passion behind it but man it just seemed like nobody really wanted to be out there today and to only put up 17 points against a team like the cardinals and only seven points in the second seven points in the second half um really goes to show just i think how how uh uninterested this team was in really doing anything today i mean even when plays were being made, there was no kind of energy behind it. It just really it, today really seemed off, and yeah, I, I think that there was just kind of the black cloud hanging over Mike McCarthy's head after that. This is the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner alongside Daniel Kotnick, uh, breaking down the post game. And the biggest news of the day was the Packers fired Mike McCarthy after a nearly 13 years as NFL head coach, which is something to be very proud of because not many head coaches get that. I mean, ask the, the Bengal fans how they're feeling about Martin <laughs> for 15 years. I mean, at least you could say as a Packer fan, the guy was a winner. But when you saw the new regime come in, that was the beginning of the end. They decided because Brent Hundley was leading the team after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. If Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have got hurt – and they ended the season that way. I think McCarthy would have been fired last year. But this is what general managers do all the time, the new ones do. Ron Wolf did it with Mike Holmgren. And he and then Ted Thompson did it with Mike McCarthy. And now Brian Gutekus is going to hang his hat on somebody out there. And they're going to take their time. I want Packer fans to understand this. It is not like Black Monday comes along and they already got their head coach. They're going to go into the college ranks. They're going to go to the offensive coordinators, and they are going to find the guy that Gotekust, Mark Murphy, and Aaron Rodgers believe is the guy going forward. So this is a good step forward, but we still have four games left to go. Yeah, and I mean, it gives you an opportunity to just kind of start putting feelers out there now to, well, I mean, you want to look at the college ranks. Basically, everybody's season is over now, save, you know, for some meaningless bowl games and then you know playoffs playoffs are really the only so there's really only four teams that are playing any kind of meaningful games now so coaches in the NFL rank or the college ranks are already starting to look at what kind of opportunities could there be next year whether it be college or in the NFL so this kind of gives you a bit of a a head start on that because well God knows you're not keeping Joe Philbin as the head coach for next year (laughs) Because McCarthy was the one that hired back Joe Philbin. Mm-hmm. And since then, Philbin has been a mess. Uh, he's just lost his fire. Maybe this is what's going to help him get a chance to maybe possibly stay on the staff or be somewhere else next year. I don't think Joe Philbin is a bad coach. I, I don't. But I think he'll do just enough to get this Packer team at least to finish the, the season possibly at 500. I mean, we saw the Vikings lose today. We saw the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears lost their trap game to the New York Giants today. The New York Giants, Daniel. Come on, man. I guess as Packer fans, it could always be worse. (laughs) It seriously felt like an early Christmas present that all of this stuff happened after the Packers lost to the Cardinals. I mean, the Vikings, like I said, Vikings lose, you know. 
I mean, those three things happening and then McCarthy being fired, that was just the cherry on top of what has happened here. I mean, you talk about the lifeless energy. Uh, watching this game just made me sick to my stomach. How are we? In, how is the Cardinals still in this game? Their offense was terrible. Brian Leftwich has never called plays before as an offensive coordinator until two weeks ago. Steve Wilkes is a good defensive coordinator. And there was also news that came out today that Adam Schefter reported that the Arizona Cardinals were thinking about cleaning house. That means the entire front office and even the coaching staff right there. That should have been the key to the Packers going, oh, we got this. Easy. We'll make it easy for you. We'll throw you out the door 34 to 10. Nope. Instead, we have Zane Gonzalez, of all people. Zane Gonzalez. Zane Gonzalez, former Browns kicker, who missed four field goals in week two, hitting them like Chris Jackie back in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy to me. But yeah, so now the Packers will drop to four, uh, four, seven, and one on the season. They are battling currently now with the Detroit Lions, possibly at last place. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But we will find out in the next four games. Because still, no, Daniel, let's talk about this for a minute. Okay. So four, seven, and one, and interim head coach. You got the Falcons coming up, who just lost to the Ravens, and then you got the Bears at Chicago. And Aaron Rodgers has lost one time at Chicago. One time. One time. Not to mention the Jets, who are laughable. And then the Detroit Lions, who have only won once since 1991 against the Packers at Lambeau Field. Wait, was that two times? I think two now. Two times. Two times since 1991. Can the Packers go 8-7-1? and one? They can. But personally, I hope not. Okay. I mean, I mean, this is, I this was, I mean, the Mike McCarthy situation was a symptom. Now you've got to treat the entire thing, and that is, we need better players, especially I think on that offensive line. How? How terrible <laughs> was that offensive line today? Lucas Patrick, or uh, excuse me, uh, Spriggs Oof. in the, the right tackle position was painful to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point of the season, I know that there are now people coaching slash playing for their job because the head coach is gone now, but Man, as a fan, I'm I'm like, what is the point of going out and winning any more games other than to put yourself from a top ten pick into you know a fifteen to twenty pick? Yeah, I mean, you you know what I mean. I I I know I know that there's a lot of a lot of that, and and as a fan, it, it kills me to see this because it killed me today to watch us lose to the Cardinals at home, and it's gonna be it, it it's gonna be really bad to watch a loss to any of those four teams remaining, but there's just a part in me that says at this point, why not? Because the NFL does not reward mediocre. The NFL rewards really good or really bad. And so if you're going to be bad, there's really no sense in being sort of bad. It'll really help you in the future if you're very bad. And if you're very bad and get a top 10 draft pick 
with Aaron Rodgers, a new head coach, and a GM that now gets to use those two first-round draft picks, that's a great way to set yourself up for the rest of the year, or the rest of the next five years, I should say. And the Packers will have that salary cap that is worth $43 million. And if they get rid of the, now let's talk about the players here for a minute. Cause I feel like today we have come to the conclusion that Brian Gutekunst is going to throw a fire sale out to NFL teams right now. I feel like maybe a couple are going to retire as well. Um, because first of all, I want to say this right now about Clay Matthews, Clay Matthews, you have been a great Packer. You're going to be in the Packer hall of fame someday, but I do believe if he doesn't want to, if Ryan Gotekus does not want him, he's either going to retire or he is going to go to another team for one more year. But, I mean, I think his time in Green Bay is done. I really do, and it really saddens me to say that. I think Brian Balaga, I think he is in – I don't know if he's going to be back next year. Uh, Nick Perry, I think, is done. He's just too injury riddled, too banged up, and I just don't trust him. The fact is we are also seeing the Packers doing this, is they are rebuilding this roster. They have gotten rid of so much talent. And you watch Jason Spriggs and another classic case of Ted Thompson in his latter years. I was so excited to see – and I want to talk about Jason Spriggs for a minute because I was so excited to see this guy out of Indiana performing so well in the senior bowl. And I know Packers scouts were there watching that as well. But at the end of the day, my Goodness, I don't care how many tattoos you have. I don't care how tough you look. I don't care. If you can't block an Arizona Cardinal, you do not belong on an NFL team. This, it made me sick watching Jason Spriggs. And I am with Andy Herman, who has been a, a terrific a creator of this Pack-A-Day podcast. He said it himself. He was tired of Jason Spriggs. And guess what, Andy? I'm there with you because you were right. Byron Bell, injury riddle. Justin McCray, have you ever done an offensive line that was not <laughs> Division Two? Jeez. No, I, you're spot on with all of that. I, I, I would not mind seeing any of them. Uh, Corey Lindsley and Bakhtiari are my two. You want to find anybody else, I, I, I'd be more than happy to to take on all coverage. I mean, go, go do it um, invincible style. Hold, hold a tryout. You, you got to be able to find somebody that can do something on there like that. Yeah. I the, the, the interesting thing to think about with this Packers team right now is the combination of old and young. Mm-hmm. You want with the players. Randall Cobb is done. I, I'm just – I'm going to flat out say it. Randall Cobb is done after this year. The Packers are going to go through a transition. This is the start of some. I mean, last year was the start of something, and now it's going to continue. And now they are going to really rebuild this roster in the way that Brian Goodskus wants to. Whether it's good or bad, change is coming for the Packers. And I and I want this to be flat out. Okay, I don't want to hear the words Jim Harbaugh anymore. <laughs> a buddy of mine put up Jim Harbaugh, and I said, he is not going to leave his alma mater. He makes $11 million a year. He has got them to another good bowl. Yeah, maybe they're not as good as Ohio State, but Jim Harbaugh is out, okay? Maybe Lincoln Riley, but I think the – let's talk about this with the coaches. What kind of coach do you think that the Packers are going to be looking at? Are they going to go into college? Are they going to stay in the NFL and try and – 
grab one of those offensive coordinators, one of those innovators that has been doing so well right now? That That's a really good question. I think really, and it might sound like a cop-out, but you've got to find a coach that's going to be able to stand up to Aaron Rodgers. Um, because like you kind of said, the mix between old and young, I think the biggest concern moving forward is Aaron Rodgers and how he handles these young guys on the team because I you don't you don't really know exactly what what is causing it you know there's probably a multitude of different things but just the terrible body language that we've seen from Aaron Rodgers on every single play that gets missed whether it's his fault or not you know it's an overthrow that Aaron makes or he's throwing the ball away he he just looks like he there's no chemistry between him and these young wide receivers. And you've got to be able to find a coach that can gain the respect of Aaron Rodgers and tell him no, that, you know, I we understand that you are the focal point of this team, but you've got to be able to work with me and work with these young guys and find a way to make this work where it's not just what you want. It's it has to be what we're doing as a team here, and I think that that's that's the tipping point. Find somebody that can get Aaron Rodgers to buy back into a system because the past year and probably even the year before that, Aaron Rodgers has been just completely out. I, I think he's been completely out on Mike McCarthy. He's been out on anything that they've wanted to try and do. Um, you've got to be able to find a way to buy him back into the system. Otherwise, it's a waste. And I also look at this, though. I mean, give credit to Aaron Rodgers for not becoming that guy that says, oh, we need coaches fired and all this kind of stuff, and I'm so tired of being here in Green Bay. You know, he's stayed classy. He's been funny to the media. He says, we're not out of this yet. We're still going to run the table. I give a lot of credit to Rodgers on that, but you're right. What makes – We'll talk about some coach coach and quarterback chemistry because that's what you need in the NFL. That's what worked with a Steve Young and the likes of Mike Holmgren and Mike Shanahan when they were offensive coordinators. But let's talk about here for a minute. Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, Bart Starr, um, Vince Lombardi. Sorry, I lost my voice there for a moment. Um, you can even talk George Allen and Billy Kilmer. That was interesting. Uh, Roger Staubach and Tom Landry, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. The list goes on and on. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, Troy Aikman, Jimmy Johnson. The fact is you need that coach quarterback chemistry. If the coach and the quarterback are at each other's throats or not even talking to each other, then you have to make a change. Because here's a good example, and Packer fans know this. When you watch, did you watch the Mike Mahongren of Football Life? I haven't gotten to yet. Okay. We already know the chemistry between Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren, but when you watch this Football Life, and I recommend it to all Packer fans, you have to listen to, to the, the heartfelt thank you that Brett Favre brings to Mike Holmgren when they were together in the 90s. And that's what you need. You need these guys to be doing homework. There was a picture of... Sean Payton and Drew Brees at a hotel the night before a game. There they are at their laptops, and they're going off on plays here back and forth. That's what Aaron Rodgers needs. He needs that coach that will say, okay, I'm with you on this as long as you're on with me on this. Because 
Just like Mike Hunger told Brett Favre, we're either going down together or we're going up together. Regardless, we're going together. And that's what the Packers need for the first time since 2006 with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I definitely. You've got to find someone that – I mean, it just felt like Mike McCarthy was so adamant about getting his offense run his way that it didn't matter what Aaron Rodgers thought or wanted to do. We're going to run it this way. And so I think, you know, once you get to the point where you're not winning Super Bowls anymore, you know, you're going to NFC Championship games and losing you the way you did in Seattle and then getting uh, curb stomped against the Falcons, that message, any anything that you say I should buy into is completely lost on me. And I, I've... I actually have been hearing uh, rumblings around Pittsburgh that um, they're looking at regime changes, head coaching and quarterback wise. I don't know. I, I like I like the idea of a Mike Tomlin kind of person to come into Green Bay. I, I, I have no sources to back any of that up, but but a a, a Mike Tomlin style of coach. No BS. You know, it was very clear that him and Ben Roethlisberger worked very well together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if it was Mike Tomlin, I think that's somebody that would instantly gain the respect mm-hmm. of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the Packers are currently in a transitional year, and it has shown right from the beginning. They just don't look like they're together. You talk about also the coach and quarterback chemistry, but the young players also too. Right. Coaches had – the. The new kids that come in here are like, well, I haven't been with you since 2006, but I'm not buying what you're saying right now to me. Marcus Valdez-Scantling dropped so many passes. I, I, I didn't even know if he wanted to play anymore. Uh, uh, St. Brown missed a complete route off the right side. And Rodgers is saying, look at my eyes. Are you not watching me? And you could see the frustration. And you could also see it on – Jair Alexander's face. You could see it on Josh Jackson's face. They're looking at Mike McCarthy and Mike Pettin saying, we're not buying into this. We're trying, but we're not buying into this. Well, and, and see, that's the thing, too. The defense, regardless of how they're actually playing, mm-hmm. the defense actually looks like they are the ones committed to being successful. Agreed. You, you know, and I think that has to do with Mike Pettin. These young guys have bought into the Mike Pettin system, which mm-hmm. is why I hope whoever comes in and makes the decisions, they keep Mike Pettin around because this they this defense is bought into him. But mm-hmm. on the offensive side, if Aaron Rodgers isn't buying into Mike McCarthy, why do any of these other young players buy into him too? The uh you know, supposed MVP of this league and highest paid quarterback of all time is basically giving you the middle finger every time you talk. Why the hell am I listening to you? Exactly. It, it, you're dead on. You're dead on. When you got one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL saying this, and I mean, he's only thrown one interception all year. <laughs> That's another thing, too. He finished the day, he threw 50 passes in a game that were they were tied up at 17, and he was already throwing his 50th pass. That was a big issue there, too. I mean, you throw 50 passes when it's, I don't know, if it's either a blowout or it's a close game and it's a high-scoring game. 
But when you're throwing 50 passes, you're pretty much up at the level of the Buffalo Bills at that point. It's it's funny. Sorry, but it's funny you bring up the Buffalo Bills because the stat I saw today, Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers completed 31 passes today for I think it was 231 yards. The only quarterback in the league this year who has completed 30 or more passes for less yards was Nathan Peterman. The Buffalo Bills. So yeah, be, yeah, like you said, it's Buffalo. I saw the stat and I was like, "Whoa, wait, that that alone right there." <laughs> okay, well, get him in here. Here's your pink slip. Goodbye. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it didn't go like that. I mean, I, just like I said, Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst, they they gave a great effort. They tried hard, but the Packers were not listening. And I know they didn't want to feel like, "Oh no, we're going down this road. We're going four eleven and one." And oh, we're but if they can win a couple of games and finish off this season just enough, they will be okay. I don't think – this is the one thing I want Packer fans to understand. We're not tanking. The Green Bay Packers are not going to tank. They have never been a franchise that is known for tanking. They're not the Jacksonville Jaguars here. All right? And that, that's not going to happen. So I want Packer fans to forget that idea. I want them to win games. And this is why the Packers have two draft picks now for next year. It doesn't matter where they are. It matters what player fits the mold that Brian Gutekus is trying to create with the new head coach. And now they will have that chance. They will now fully have that chance to make something happen. And whether you like it or not, this is what it's going to be for Packerland going forward for the next five to ten years. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. We're going to see a lot of, uh, like you kind of said earlier, we're going to see a lot of guys that made this team what it was go. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces leave, and there's going to be a lot of. Well, heck, I mean, there's already there was plays today. I I don't even know who it was dropped the interception that could have basically sealed the game. They were I was I was not even half paying attention and I kept hearing this name and I'm like, well, I don't know, he must play for the Cardinals. And then they showed him in a Packer uniform. I'm like, who who the hell is that? You're going to see a lot of that. A lot of a lot of these new guys, especially I think down the rest of the stretch here, you've basically got a whole other preseason now. Next four games, you've got a whole other preseason. Get get guys in there. Get Kumaro in there. See what he can do. Yeah. Um, you know, today too, I think it was a part of that. You know, you got to see Jair Alexander returning punts, um, Campbell back in the safety position. So hopefully, I think regardless of wins or losses, I hope we get to see some of these different players play in different roles or different packages and see what they can do moving forward. I really like what I saw today from the defense, especially in the secondary. I know people want to say Josh Jackson had a bad day. Josh Jackson had his first full attempt playing four quarters of football as a starting cornerback because Ted Thompson's boy, Kevin King, couldn't stay healthy once again. And I would not doubt if the Packers try and make a trade on that as well with Kevin King. He's very talented, but he's also like injury riddle. Also, I got word today that Demarius Randall continues to be injury riddled. And I also heard he got blasted today by the Texans' uh, high-scoring offense today as well. So that was a good win there for uh, Brian Gutekunst to make that one of many. And there are going to be a lot of unpopular and popular moves that are going to happen. But this is what Mark Murphy, a very intelligent guy, 
that knows this franchise, has been part of this franchise since Bob Harlan was the CEO, and he knows what he is doing. And I want to give them the benefit of the doubt going forward. In case you're just joining us, this is the Pack-A-Day podcast, the post-game. Packers lose 20-17 to the Cardinals. They drop to 4-7-1, and and they send Mike McCarthy out the door with them. I think Arizona let them jump on the plane with him, but uh, (laughs) I don't have sources to prove that. But uh, it did feel like that today. I mean, I – there was a part in the end of the game, a minute 41 left to go, and a great shot by Fox, you know, Fox Sports. And it was Mike McCarthy going up to Aaron Rodgers. And all I saw was Rodgers shaking his head up and down. And never looked at him once. I think Mike McCarthy was saying, if you lose, if we lose this game, this is going to be the, probably the last time you see me. Because I think he knew once – Mason Crosby missed that field goal. He kind of sat there and went, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, there was just a, the thousand-yard stare mm-hmm. in Mike McCarthy's eyes. And it became a shock to me because this is something new for the organization. But yes. I, I, and we, well, we kind of talked about it before we came on. I think it was the right decision to make for Mike McCarthy because this kind of – you know, you almost kind of call it a mercy killing of sorts. You don't have to have him sit around for the next four weeks as sort of a lame duck where you know he's going to be gone. He might not know that he's actually going to be gone. And it's just four weeks of speculation of him having to sit in front of reporters after every game and face questions like that. This way, it's done. We've moved on. You know, give Mike McCarthy kind of, you know, this out. And we talk about – and so let's talk about these next four games because there are some players that we have been itching to see play fully. Give me your five that you believe that could really shine here to see if they can make this team next year. Well, I think Kumro is obviously the the number one player mm-hmm. you want to see today. We got to see him for the first time, made his first career catch. Um, I really like what I've gotten to see from uh, Campbell – Mm-hmm. early on these uh, couple of times. Um, he looks like somebody that could actually be an answer in the safety position. And uh, maybe I hope too they move him around a little bit just to kind of see where he can fit in a little bit. Um, there's really, honestly, for me, there's nobody offensively outside of Kumro. It's all defense. I want to see what Breland can do if he can stay healthy because really – he, for me, he's kind of the one that's playing for next year more than anybody because he came in about you know a quarter of the way through the season, and it took him about four or five weeks to actually make it onto the field. And when he's played, he's actually had a bit of an impact, but he's also facing kind of the Kevin King stigma of not being able to play uh, consistently. Um, and then I think just too with uh, the defense or the um, the defensive front seven as a whole, because you've got a lot of those main starters like Mike Daniels um, and uh, um, I'm blanking the uh, Mo Wilkerson, you know, Mo, uh, one year, 5 million. So he could be out the door too. Right. But you know, it opens up, it opens up space for a lot of players on the line of scrimmage guys like Reggie Gilbert, Oren Burks, um, Montrevious Adams, to make a Dean Lowry to make a sort of a name for themselves 
into the next regime and put something on the film for these future coaches uh, to look at. I want to see that this kid I've been really excited to see. Number 95, Tyler Lancaster. Never heard of this kid. He was at the bottom of the depth chart. But the last couple of games, he has started for the injured Mike Daniels. And that really makes me start to think here because it's kind of to the point where it's, okay, this, so this is the backup to Mike Daniels. This is what defensive coordinator Mike Pettin believes is the guy to going forward. And I think this is a great chance now for him to really show something. As you said, Owen Burks, uh, also Reggie Gilbert, as you said. But I want to see Josh Jackson. Ibrahim Campbell, I would really love to see them keep one more year. Because this guy has been thrown on team after team after team, and it's just not working. For once with Mike Patton, though, it feels like he has found something. Because he did do a good job today. You're right. And he did do a good job last week against Minnesota because that defense was nasty in the second half. They only gave up seven points. What wasn't it? What was it? Uh, 17. Yeah. 17, 14 at the half. Mm-hmm. They gave up seven points. They played a great game. And this is a team that had Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, and their prodigal son, Kirk Cousins, who, by the way, threw two interceptions today. But that's for another day. But I'm just saying in general is there is talent on this team. But now this is the time where these young kids have to show something because you're going to have more young kids coming in. I want to see this guy too, Jamon Moore. Look, Jamon, you were a fourth-round pick. You were one of the top receivers in Missouri history. Show something. Show to these guys the likes of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equanimous St. Brown. I'm going to say it right, damn it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Jamon Moore, you three need to step up your game and show to Aaron Rodgers that this is a guy I truly trust going forward with Devontae Adams and with whoever they're going to have next in the tight end because I just don't know. I just don't know what you do with Jimmy Graham here for a minute. I want to talk about this guy. He made a couple of good plays, but I felt like they still weren't enough to make me believe this was a good free agency signing. Should the Packers just cut bait on him, or should they give him one more year with the new head coach? I think it depends on what kind of uh, what kind of head coach you have coming in. You know what I mean? What kind of what kind of system does he want to run? What kind of how does he, how would a Jimmy Graham fit into his system? Because it seems like as the season went on, Jimmy Graham became more of a you know, go-to option for Aaron Rodgers, especially in big positions. Uh, Even today on a key third down play, he throws it straight to Jimmy Graham for the first down to keep the drive alive. Um, There's there's talent that can be had there with Jimmy Graham. You've just got to find somebody that can put him into the right system. And so I think he is – he is a veteran-type player that I think has made the decision to come to Green Bay – and I, I don't know if maybe this is just, um, you know, shell shock or uh, whatever from what we had with uh, Martellus Bennett, but he's uh, he's a tight end that came here and stuck through a terrible season and seems committed to making this work. And so if he's committed, then I'm personally I'm committed to it. I would say give him one more year. And I understand I have family that are big Packer fans just like me, but I'm also very unbiased. 
And I feel like this was not a Martellus Bennett thing. Martellus Bennett will go off and talk crap about the Packers to the media and all this stuff and go online and tweet about it. Jimmy Graham has been quiet. And I think, and if you're seeing Rodgers the most, he, he threw to Jimmy Graham a couple of times, a lot of times today, actually, because Valdez Scantling was dropping balls. St. Brown couldn't run a route. And, you know, Jake Kummerall came in for one lousy play. And so I want to give Jimmy Graham one more year. You gave him a three-year contract. Brian Gutekus, I, I just want to put a lot of trust in this guy because I just feel like he has us on the right road. It's going to take time. If and I'll, and I'll say this to Packer fans too. Don't be a bit surprised that the Packers don't make the playoffs next year either because this team is rebuilding. You can't just say to Aaron Rodgers, this isn't Brett Favre. All right, I want that to also be clear. Brett Favre won with less talent more than ever. If he didn't have Antonio Freeman, he had Bill Schrader. If he didn't have Bill Schrader, he had Ravel Martin. If he didn't Ravel Martin, he had Derek Mays. I mean, it didn't matter who the receiver was. Brett Favre found a way to play with him. Aaron Rodgers is not Brett Favre. You have to gather talent around Rodgers in order for him to continue to play the way he is because he is a terrifically tooled quarterback, but he is still his own person. All right, so we are getting close here because I think we could go on for an hour, Daniel. (laughs) Yeah. But let's go real quick down the line here. We got four games left. Now, each of us are just going to say if it's a win or a loss going forward here. So now Joe Philbin is the new interim head coach. They still have Mike Pettin. They've got some young talent coming up. Next week, they take on the Atlanta Falcons at Green Bay. Who wins this game? Packers. I'm going to go with the Packers, too. I feel like the Falcons have fallen off a cliff. Steve Sarkeesian is a miserable offensive coordinator. I saw it today against the Ravens. They're going on the road. And this team, they need something. They need a win to be able to get back on the track. So I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm going to go with the Packers on this. All right, big game coming up at Soldier Field. The Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers has lost there one time. Who wins? I, I'll i say the Bears. I think it also kind of depends on if um, Chase Daniels plays or not. I, it, it becomes closer if Chase Daniels plays, but I, I still think the Bears. The one thing about Aaron Rodgers I know is he knows how to beat Chicago. It doesn't matter how talented. It doesn't matter how good they are. I'm just going to go with it. Why not? Why not? If there's one thing that can rejuvenate Aaron Rodgers, it's playing at Chicago. I mean, the both commercial proved it. <laughs> and they're in his Packer T-shirt listening to a song on his Bose headphones, and he's at Soldier Field, and it just makes him feel all good. And why not go with that? At the Jets. I take the Packers. I take the Packers, too. The Jets don't know what they're going to be doing. Maybe Mike McCarthy will be their new head coach. I don't know. But they're <laughs> awesome. And, you know, so I also want to ask this about the New York Jets. You know, the Packers fired Mike McCarthy. How have you not fired Todd Bowles yet? You're going to let Bowles go into the end of the season in this way? I think, I think the one thing is Bowles gets kind of that pass because he – hasn't gotten to play his rookie quarterback yet. It's kind of that one thing of, you know, head coaches that are kind of on the hot seat don't want to throw their rookie right in because it's kind of the last thing they have as a life preserver. So mm-hmm. I think maybe that's that's where you kind of get that. But, yeah, I, Todd Bowles is not long for that job. 
All right, and finally, the team that has been rebuilding since 1957. They are named the Motor City Kitties. They have a guy that is in desperate need of a shower, a shave, and get that stupid pencil out of his ear. Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions. Do the Packers finish at Lambeau Field with a W? It kills me, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes, because if there is one thing that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers would love to do is just throw the bear, just throw the Lions into another last place finish, and I think that would be sweet. I just feel like, look, it's it's not going to change things. I mean, I feel like it's going to be like the Cleveland Browns with with uh, Greg Williams right now. Mm-hmm. However, this is an offensive coordinator. He's been a head coach before, and Joe Philbin will have a little something maybe different, maybe the throw to the table in these last four games. But I I really feel like the Packers do have a chance to win up. And you know what? That's a hot take. Fine by me. I don't care. I'm going to live and die by the Green Bay Packers because they made an uncharacteristic move today. I liked it, and it's time to move on here. And speaking about that, it's time to move on because we got to get to the end of this post game here. So, Daniel Kondik, any final thoughts before we say farewell? Just remember Mike McCarthy is a human. Yes. He's a human being with a family that gave – 13 years of his life to uh, an organization. And that was one thing that noted um, he noted to Jay Glazer was that he was just really happy to be a part of this organization and uh, you know, do what he did. Uh, There was a lot of vitriol behind him, but just remember he's, he's a person and he did a lot of great things to this organization and uh, we should wish him nothing but the absolute best. I want to go back to the first five minutes of the 2010 America's game. It was the Green Bay Packers winning Super Bowl 45. It was Mike McCarthy coming off an elevator and the narration in the background talking about how he goes to Starbucks, gets a caramel macchiato, walks out to Lambeau Field. No foam. Sits on a seat. No foam. And sits there and just thinks about life. Mike McCarthy was a calming influence to the Packers for 13 years. He gave great years, nine division championships, uh, playoff appearances by the barrel, 10 and eight in his playoff career, one Super Bowl ring, 125, 76 and two. It is going to be hard for that to happen because the only winning coach in the last 40 years since Vince Lombardi was Mike Holmgren. And now Mike McCarthy is going to be, in that party as well. I'm very happy to see Mike McCarthy as a Green Bay Packer for a very long time, but it was time to go. Arizona Cardinals thing just had to know. And I think Mike McCarthy also understood what was happening too. And you know something next year, mark my words, Mike McCarthy will be an NFL head coach. I would agree. All right. That was it for the Pack-A-Day podcast, a post game you're not going to hear like anywhere else. This was quite a treat, but let's also understand this. This brings no happiness to us. This just means change happening. So you can tweet us at Packaday Podcast. Daniel, uh, tell me where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at DK all the way. And they can follow me at, at Jake Turner Sport, or you can find my article at, at, at PackersTalk.com. You can find this podcast at, at Packaday Podcast. If you got any comments or concerns, please don't hesitate. Tweet us. We will be happy to have a conversation with you, Packer brethren. 
going forward. All right. So for Daniel Kotnick, I'm Jake Turner. This has been the Pack a Day podcast post game edition. Final score from Green Bay. It is the Cardinals 20 and the Packers 17. Mike McCarthy was fired. Joe Philbin will be the interim head coach going forward. And as always, the three greatest words in the dictionary of the Green Bay Packers is Go Pack Go. We'll see you next time on the Pack a Day podcast. Osweiler steps back to an empty shotgun. Three receivers bunch right, two are split to the left. Packers showing blitz up the gut, snap over the head of Osweiler. It's up for grabs and recovered by the Green Bay. Kenny Clark all over it at the 30-yard line of the Packers. Adams goes wide to the left. Offset eye in the backfield, Rogers straight back to throw. Looks, left out of the end zone, diving grab, touchdown, Devontae Adams. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks in under center. They get motion from St. Brown to the left side. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big haul, straight ahead. It is Aaron Jones, off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sideline, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the five-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a first, 67 yards. Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers in shotgun. Hand off Jones. Picks his way off the right side. Fights for the goal line. And did he get in? Yes, he did. Touchdown. Second down and nine from the 27 of Miami. Osweiler play action. Deep drop. Throws left side. Intercepted. Down the right sideline for Sean Freeland inside the 20, and he's forked out of bounds. Freeland with his first interception for the Packers. Single safety high Miami. Soft coverage on the corner, snap to Rodgers on second down at 25. Lost right side, Pat Adams at the 5, cuts it back, and goes high-stepping, touchdown! Devontae Adams popped wide open, 26-yard touchdown catch. And it's 27 to 12, Green Bay. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.